0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, April 28th, 2014. You guys are listening to episode 157, and uh, you know something? I I was going to do this today. I was going to do the podcast today, which I am doing right now, but then I said, fuck it, I'm not doing it today. I said, I'm too tired I had an insane weekend, which I am going to talk about. A lot of crazy things happened. Shit that only happens in the movies happened to me. Some scary shit, some funny shit. Um, This is going to be a very, very unacceptable, heavy podcast. Um, So I'll get into that in a second, but I got a full show, uh, a great show for you guys. And I mean that. I know I always say I got a great show. I got a great fucking show because so many things happened and, um, I don't know where I'm going to be on time, but I will give you everything that happened. But, um, you know, I want, I know I'm, I'm trying to crank these out on Mondays, Sunday nights or, or Monday nights, the latest. And tonight I was going to do it and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And then my wife goes, why don't you put the baby to bed? So, um, I went upstairs, and I fell asleep myself, and I was so tired from the weekend, I have not been sleeping good, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna end up going to bed at 9 30, and I will put out the podcast tomorrow when my daughter takes a nap, which I do sometimes, but then I woke up from it, I got a second wind, I started watching some NBA playoffs, and here I am, and you know what, you guys deserve to have it out tonight, so I'm putting it out tonight, so here we go, episode 157, holy shit, guys, what a week I had, I had a great week in New York City, doing spots over at the stand, and um, did some big audition, too, which, uh, which you know, went really well, and then, uh, uh, like I said, the band got back together, uh, it's been uh, a little bit since, uh, you know, I worked with uh, Burr, because, like, after we did that that insane tour in Canada, we, you know, uh, I went out to LA, only saw Bill for one day when I was in LA, and I was out west for a little while. He went on his honeymoon, uh, he was gone for a few weeks. And um, then we had this weekend uh, where we were working together in Vermont, Portland, Maine, and uh, Albany, which was last night. So I'm going to go through this. And um, first of all, Vermont, Burlington, Vermont okay, this is how this, this, I, should have known when this happened, how this started, I should have known that this was going to be a fight to get and do everything that I needed to do travel-wise, because the shows were great, Vermont was great, the, the Portland, Maine was, was awesome, they were a little drunk and rowdy, I'm not gonna lie, Portland, Maine was great, like, but, but, you know, they were fucking animals, and Albany, last night, um, at the Palace in Albany was, I mean, first of all, the Palace in Albany. I had no idea was that ridiculous of a venue. You know, I've been fortunate enough. I said this last night. I've been fortunate enough to uh, open for uh, you know Burr all over Canada and the United States in the best fucking theaters across the in the country. And you know, the Palace in in uh, in Albany. It, I almost I almost keep I always call Albany, I almost say Atlanta, with Albany, and, I mean, no offense, Albany, you know, fucking Atlanta, but, uh, you know, the palace is, is no exception to these great, I mean, it it, it reminds me of a, yeah, it's like a, a, like a beacon theater, it's like a, I don't know, It just this awesome, big 2800, uh, you know, cedar, or a little, just, just shy of 2800, but the venues were good. Traveling this week fucked me up bad and it started right out of the gate. So, here's what happens I'm driving from New York to the eight o'clock show in Vermont. We're doing, um, what was the name of the venue? Was it the State Theater? We were doing the or the Flynn? I don't know. We were in Burlington, Vermont. And I'm driving out there and it's like a four and a half hour drive. And things are going well and I guess, you know, my my ETA to get out there was probably um I guess I wanna say four thirty, five o'clock, which is fine. You know, or four o'clock. I was supposed to get there at four o'clock and I'm driving, and it starts to get long, three hours, I stop, I grab something to eat real quick, I keep driving, and then finally, I'm on the phone with somebody saying, oh, you know, I should be there in about 10-15 minutes, everything's good, and then my car just goes down a hill, and I end up, when it says I arrived, I end up at a dock, a, a pier, and it was just lonely, empty, no boats, it was just like my car, a little dock and and a fucking bird sitting there and I'm going, "All right, this is not." So I call the hotel in Burlington and I go, "Hey, um yeah, I was, you know, I'm I'm due at your hotel and my, my my GPS was telling me that I'm here, but I'm at a dock." And she goes, "Oh, are you on the other side of the Are you on the other side of the the lake?" And I go, "Yeah, I guess." And she goes, "Oh, you're still in New York what you got to do is you got to get on the ferry." And then I panic because I'm like, is that the only way I can get there? She's like, well, you know, you went too far up in New York. So instead of going around the lake, you just get on a ferry and you could get here. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I got my, you know, you know, I got my car. And she's like, no, I understand. You could just hop on the ferry. And then when you get off the ferry, uh, just go down the highway a little bit. And I'm, and I'm going, what what doesn't she understand here? I, I I'm in a car, okay? I can't, I don't have cars just laying around. Vermont, you know, I, I don't just have car. I don't have a car at every at every little port in Vermont where I could just take a ferry. And go, Oh well, yeah, I'll get in this car now. Oh, I'm at this port. Oh great, you know what? I'll hop in my, I'll hop in my Chevy at that port. Oh, oh, you know what? If I if I go up a little further, and I have to take that other ferry. Maybe I'll take my Toyota. No, I have a, I'm in a car. Okay. And finally, after going back and forth, I finally sarcastically said to her, I was like, yeah, but what am I gonna do? Take my car on the fucking, You know, take my car in the boat. And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. And I kind of like half felt like a dick and then half felt like, no, I'm not, I've never heard of this before. So, I mean, this is new to me. So apparently I was up near the Plattsburgh area in New York and I hop on a boat. My car just drives on this ferry, sits there and I'm literally just, I didn't have to get out of my car. I paid $10. It was like, it was the weirdest thing I had to do all this shit to get there. You know, had to catch, you know, imagine I just had to like a catch a fish fucking, I literally felt like that. I'm like, I just want to get to the hotel. I'm exhausted. All right. And the next day is Portland, Maine, which means it's another four hour drive. And then the next day is Albany, which is another three and a half, four hour drive. And then after Albany on Sunday night, I'm I'm, I'm not going to take the hotel. I'm coming home. So it's just like, it's, it's these great venues, but every, every night or morning or every morning is, is a four hour drive. So I drive the truck onto this ferry, it was actually pretty cool, 15 minutes, you just go across the lake, and then you never get out of your car, some people are getting out of their cars, but like 40, 50 cars are just sitting on this ferry, and then they open the other side, So they open one side, you drive up, you stay there, face the same way, then it pulls in, and then they open that side, and you just drive off, right on to the thing. So now I'm on, I'm in Vermont. I drive out another half hour, 40 minutes, get to my hotel, meet up with Burr, me and Burr have dinner, we're just sitting there shooting the shit, having a good time, Burlington is awesome little, uh, awesome little town, Uh, I found out a lot of things about uh, Vermont that I didn't know, and one thing I did not know was I did not know how big Vermont was with heroin, you know, when I think of Vermont, I'm not trying to be a dick, I think of people just fucking, you know wearing like sweaters made of hemp, smoking weed, eating Ben and Jerry's, like, you know, they got their hair in a ponytail, a couple annoying white people with dreadlocks, like, that's what I think about, not, not this whole, you know, heroin thing, and, you know, that's, that's tough, you know, I I lost a brother-in-law to that recently, and, and I, but I had no idea that it was like that, but you know, I heard that later, and if you would have told me, list all the states in the United States in order of where you think, like, the heroin problem is, you know, I would have Vermont in the high 40s, never, you know, I would have Baltimore, D.C., New York, you know, there would definitely be other ones, I would have, you know, Detroit, I would have, you know, not Vermont, but anyway, Burlington was awesome, Um, I swear to God, I had so much fun at this theater. Was, I think it was like a like a thirteen hundred seater? But we just had so much fun. The crowds were phenomenal. the The people were great. Everybody was just so cool there, man. The people that worked there, the staff. I had such an amazing time there, man. I really it was one of the most enjoyable times that I've had. Um, same with Albany last night. But I'm gonna get into the whole thing. And we do the show. Everything is cool in Vermont. And now I have a dilemma, and here's my dilemma: I already made the decision that instead of sleeping in Vermont and driving to Portland, Maine, the next day, like uh, Burr was going to do, and which I had plans to do, my little boy's first t-ball game was in New York that day, and he asked me to be there, and I had to be there, and uh, I'm not going to let this business or or you know comedy or anything um, take me away from, from doing things like that. You know, I'm not going to miss my son's first swing at at his first organized sporting event ever. I'm not going to do it. You know, um, if I had to do it and I was across the country and, you know, I was making great money for my family and I was in Vegas or LA and I couldn't be there, I would have my wife like Skype it or do something. But if I'm in Vermont and my son's first sporting event is in New York, I'm going to it. So I already made the decision that after the show in Vermont, I was going to drive back to New York four and a half hours, go to my son's t-ball game, which was going to be over at about 1030 in the morning. And then I was going to get in the car and I was going to drive to Portland, Maine to do the two shows that we had at night. And it wasn't even a question. I was doing it. I don't care how much it was going to hurt my body. I was doing it. You know, um, my son means the world to me. My son is, you know, my my firstborn, my everything to me. So I wasn't going to miss that. So, but here was the dilemma. Bill Burr had Cubans. So the question was, when am I going to leave? Now, um, like an asshole, I decided the show was so great in Vermont, Bill had Cubans. And Bill's telling me, he goes, dude, get off stage and go home. And I'm going all right, well, yeah, I could do that. But then, you know, but then, you know, maybe I should close out the show and then decide. And I was like, maybe, you know, we'll decide how it goes. So the show goes, we have such a great time. We got these Cubans and I'm like, look, we'll smoke a Cuban real quick. I'll get in the car and leave. So I stayed a little longer. You know, I hung out. I, I felt good. I felt up. I felt like I was ready for a four hour drive, even if I left, you know, around midnight. And here's where things got hairy, folks. And this is so true, crazy shit, I decide to get in the car after we smoke, we had a great conversation, everything was cool, then I decided to get in the car, and I start driving, and I can't get on the highway, I don't know how to go, so I already start to get a little lost, finally, I get on the the road where I need to be, now I have a quarter tank of gas, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, I have a quarter tank of gas, and, excuse me, I'm like, I'll go about an hour with the quarter tank of gas. I'll pull over, I'll fill up, and then I will, I'll I'll get home with the rest of it and that'll be fine. So I thought I'd get home around maybe four o'clock in the morning, get four, four and a half hours of sleep, go to my son's game, maybe go back home, sleep for another hour or two, and then drive out four hours to Maine. I start driving, I start driving, and I don't realize how dark, desolate And just, I'm not going to lie, kind of flat out scary to be alone at this hour. And I start looking at the gas and I start looking at the gauge going down. And I'm going, all right, I'll get something. And um, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And like a movie, I swear to God, like a movie, the gauge just starts going down like it was like a Hollywood movie where like they like rig it to look like it's going down. It was going down faster, and in my mind, I'm going, I'm, "This, I was, you know, I rented, I rented a, a car. I, I just wanted to get like an intermediate sedan, and then they upgraded me to like a mini SUV for the same price. So I'm just driving this thing, and the gauge just starts going down and down, and I'm going, "What, the, what is this thing leaking? Why is it going down? And I'm looking and it is dark and every exits like 11 miles away and then the gas light comes on. So now I'm like, this is getting a little scary. And I'm not kidding. When I say scary, like it was like where I was, the gas, it, I'm thinking to myself, if I conked out now at this hour, okay, cause now it was going on probably close to 2am and I don't have gas at all. And like now it's going like by the E, like the pin is not even above the E anymore. The pin is going like in the middle of the E and I don't see anything. And now I'm starting like, now I'm doing the lean up, you know, when like you lean up as if that's going to matter, but you start leaning up on the wheel and you start like looking around as if, as if, Oh shit, I need gas now. Let me mentally create a shell station two seconds away from me. That's what I'm thinking. And nothing, nothing. And I'm going, holy shit, man, this is freaking me out. This is fucking nuts. What am I gonna do? And then it starts to get lower. And now I'm I'm like under E. I'm probably in my mind, I'm going, Paul, you got 20 miles right now, tops. 20 miles tops, and you're conking out. And it starts raining. So I can't even go. Like I I'm like down to 55 miles an hour. It's pouring. It's dark. It's like a two-lane highway. And nobody's on the road. This shit was like, it made me feel like what happened to the people in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, what do I do? The only thing I had was a phone, but do I call a cop? And it was so fucking desolate and dark that I'm going, if I call a cop, they're gonna come here and fucking probably fuck me in the ass and shoot me in the head or probably wouldn't even have the decency to shoot me in the head. They'd probably make me live with it. You know, I'm gonna be in some dude's living room tied up. You know, their, their crazy uncle's gonna be eating some guy's face. Like, I'm having all these crazy things. Now, granted exhaustion started to set in, okay, I was really, really tired, Uh, should not have been driving, I realized that I made a crucial mistake by staying in Vermont a little after the show like I did, Uh, I learned from it, it's something I'll never do again, I know I'm going to get people going, Paul, don't do that, trust me, again, then the story gets worse, so finally, in the rain, and in everything, I see gas station uh, signs, and I get off, the exit. And it you know where it says food one way, gas the other way. So I'm looking for all the arrows and all my brain and all my mind is focused on is where is the gas arrow. So it said gas diesel to the right. And then it just said gas to the left. And it said four miles. Now I said, all right, I think I got four miles. It says gas to the left. I'm choosing left. I choose left. And now I'm on a road That might as well have been called Serial Killer Boulevard. It was this tiny, scary little road. And I'm going, fuck, I got four miles of this until I get to this gas station. And I'm on E, E, E like bad. So I'm just leaned up. I I keep making sure my doors are locked. My windows are up. It's cold. It's raining. It's pitch black. And I'm not even joking. I'm not trying to paint some picture to make this like a great story. I'm telling you what it was. And, and panic starts to set in and I get to the gas station and it's dark and closed and black. But then I noticed, oh shit, the gas lights are on, on, the, on the pumps. So maybe it's one of those where I could just put my card in. If you got a card, you could do it. So I get out. It's cold. I'm looking around. Nobody's there and i put the card in and it says can't read the card and i realize it's closed. so now i got to go another 4 miles just to get to the spot i got off the exit and then go right to where it said gas diesel to see if that's open. so i do that and i get back and now i'm putting the thing in neutral. okay. and all of this is going on while in the back of my head i say i'm saying i'm getting 3 hours of sleep going to my son's game and now i have to drive to maine the next day. so that that this is all on my plate right now. And I'm putting this thing after I go down a hill. I'm coasting in neutral, and after I go up a hill I make sure that I have enough power to get up the hill and then boom, I'm coasting in neutral, and it's just anxiety is building the gas is going down more and more now the pin is under e, and I'm like it's over dude i'm gonna I'm gonna be sitting in the pouring rain. And I get over, and I finally go past the exit, and I get to the to the next gas station, which was the right. And this one is um, closed, dark. And now I'm full-fledged, like, do I start crying? Do I call fucking, do I call, like, what do I do? And I go, there's only one thing to do. You got to turn around, you got to get back on, was it 91 or wherever I was? Nine, I don't know, I was on some fucking road. I go, wherever, I, I got to get back on it. I think it was 91. I go, I got to get back on it. I got to put my hazards on and I just got to coast down and I got to just pray for, I got to (laughs) pray for something. And I lit, I, you know, it's funny you say, you know, with religion and, and, you know, and I, I, I don't believe in like the whole, like what one religion is right and other people, but I do believe in something and whatever that something was, I just said, you got to get me through this. I got to get home. I don't want to, I mean, plus this could make me miss my little boy's game, all this stuff. And I can't, I just want to find a place. So I get back on the highway. I got my hazards on. I'm in the right lane. It's raining harder. It's almost pouring. And I'm just going slow. And I'm just hoping, hoping, hoping. And then I see uh, after, like, I mean, the thing, I I thought the car was acting weird, but it wasn't shaking to where it was going to die, but I just, it wasn't running right. Like, I I was definitely coasting on fumes, and I was coming in, like, I was definitely within 10 miles, maybe five miles away. And then I finally see a sign that says gas 24-7. And I get off the exit, and I start going towards it and it's like a shell, and I'm happy, and I get there, and it's dark inside, but the pumps are on, and I pull up, and these pumps work, and I was just like, oh my god, thank you so much, but it gets crazy, because when I get out, nobody's there, and I just hear like metal clanking, and I keep hearing things, and I have to take a piss, so my plan was I was gonna pump gas into the car, right, and then I was gonna... Just run around this shell and take a piss over there. And I just kept hearing like metal clanking and it was windy. And, you know, it was like I felt like it's kind of weird that it's lit up here, but everything else is dark. So I felt like any houses or anybody up would probably be seeing me right now. And it freaked me out. So I just put in. I just filled up. I put, you know, I I, I closed the shit. I'm like, I'm not going to piss. I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll wait. I get in the car And um, I felt great to have gas. I got back on the highway, but I knew I had three and a half hours left and I was already exhausted. And long story short, I don't even want to think about it, so I'm going to kind of get past this part of the story. Um, Last hour and 45 minutes, I truly realized how people get killed and fall asleep at the wheel. And I've always wondered how that was possible, but uh, it was probably the hardest hour and 45 minutes that I've ever had. I was having to like put the window down, even with the cold and rain, just I was putting the radio on. I was so tired that while I was driving, I I was keeping my eyes open. But if I thought of something and I had a thought, I almost went into like a dream about it with my eyes open. That's how scary and fucked up this was. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So... I talked to my wife for a little bit around like four in the morning. She was like worried and, and, and I was worried. Like I was genuinely worried. I think one point I kind of like woke up, like like had like a pop-up and, and the car swerved a little bit. And I was like, dude, this is, this is really fucked up. And I'm just being honest with you guys. I don't even know why I'm telling you guys this because like it's a scary thing to happen. But that's what I like to do on the show. So um, that's what happened. And... I get to my house at about 5.45 in the morning and we got to be out of the house for my son's t-ball game at eight. So I hop right into bed. Next thing I know, I'm just being woken up and my son was up. He was excited. I had bought him the cleats and the hat, the helmet and the pants that week. So we go there and it's like pictures, but it's raining. So I find out on the way that there's a chance the game's going to be rained out. But even if the game is rained out, he's going to get his uniform. They're going to take pictures. The look on his face with me just being there was enough for me anyway. And um, we go there, and he didn't know anybody on the team. He's the youngest on the team. Everybody's five and six. My son is still four for another month. He's like the smallest. He's the best, man. He's He was just into it, and he... Um, got his hat he got his shirt he picked his number four right everybody was getting their numbers and he picked his number four and then he's like you know why i picked number four because that's how old i am and we were just like that's awesome and we took pictures and the game was rained out so um which was a blessing because after pictures i got to get to my house like a little before 10 and i was able to sleep for like three and a half hours before i got on the road to maine and, uh, that's what happened. So that was really, really tough. And then I get to Maine and that drive was not that bad because I had a nice nap. I was ready to go, had gas and we get out to Maine and we do the, uh, we do the shows in Maine and it was great. But I will say they're like, they was like, they were definitely drunk, especially a second show. Crazy thing was like, you know, the second show, they were just like, kind of drunk and rowdy but into the comedy. And like when you were done they went nuts and some people like stood up and it was just this amazing thing that they loved it so much but they were animals during it. It was kind of nuts. But both shows were were great and we had a another we had another Cuban. We had some we had some really good cigars on this trip. One thing about Portland though, man. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, man, but like really fat women, man. You know? Like you know, the, you know, there, obviously there's a couple of lagoons, like, but like the majority, this shit was just a fucking cattle call, man. Jesus, just burly fucking big women out there, you know, like like I'm and I, I'm serious, I'm talking like wing like wing contest big, just fucking gigantic jeans and fucking waddling hips, just fucking, you know, just really really big women, just fucking roaming around like fucking cows and uh, everywhere, and I was like trying, and then I got to the point where I was like, so many of these women in Maine are fat, and I'm going, there's a bunch of seafood out here, what are these, what are these women eating, and then I would like, then I was like, all right, maybe I'm being a dick, and I'm judging the women here too much, so let me just really look as many women, and I swear to God, the ratio was ridiculous, I mean, I might have saw, you know, two average-sized women for every, like, 10 fucking giants that I saw out there. I I really, I'm thinking, you know, crabs and lobster and a lot of seafood. And what's going on with these women? You know, and um, one lady bothered me. This fat lady walks out. She's in flip flops. And uh, me and Bill are standing outside the hotel. And she just walks by. And I have a Yankee hat on in Maine. I don't give a fuck. And she just goes, I'm sorry, Yankees suck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then she's walking with two other fucking, you know, oxes that she's sitting walking with and um she's just like her you know her her fat feet were like slapping onto the flip-flop like her heel was just like snapping you know the way the heel snaps the flip-flop well hers hers just sounded like fireworks were going off every time she stepped because she was a fucking mess and she's like i'm so, and you know what i did i just go okay all right and you know (laughs) me and burr just puffing our cigars and he's like i actually like how you handled that and i just said you do you feel better like, he was like, I'm sorry. Like, she just had to get it out. She had to say something. And I was like, okay. But it was just... And then there was, like, um, you know, there was, a, uh, there was some kind of, like, superhero uh, convention at the hotel in Maine. So, like, they have a theme every year. And this year was, like, superheroes. And, I'm like, it was all singers and singing, but older women who sing. So there was, like, almost, like... Barbershop quartets but of like old women and they would just be singing. And then we went down for the continental breakfast and they were like singing there. And we're like, fuck this, we're going to Cracker Barrel." I'm not going to sit here with all these old people who, you know, I don't know if they failed at whatever they did but, you know. So we went to Cracker Barrel, but the night before, after that a fat lady said something to me when we were smoking the cigar outside the night before we went to, to breakfast to go drive to Albany, this guy comes out and he's got a fat gut <laughs> And me and Bill are sitting there and we're smoking these cigars. And Bill just goes, please tell me he's coming out here. And he's dressed like Wolverine. But, I mean, this guy looked like Wolverine. If Wolverine retired, sat on a couch, drank for nine months straight, a 12-pack every day without any exercise. I mean, this guy had a baseball manager gut, just a hairy fucking neck. He had the chops like Wolverine and he had like plastic knives as Wolverine's like blades and they were like glued to or stuck in like a gardening glove and he comes out with this cigar and Bill's going oh man maybe this is an old-time cigar smoker who's just doing this with his wife and he was like a singing coach which is hilarious if you saw his you know hilarious if you saw his demeanor and how he looked right and we're just talking I like, go oh, what kind of cigar, uh, cigar do you got and he goes I don't even know and he just lights it up and he's talking to me and Bill and out of nowhere, this guy just farted so loud and weird, but like not like regular fart, like shit your pants, like echoed, like had a couple of levels to it, you know. And he tried to like either cough or laugh over it. And me and Bill clearly heard it. And Bill starts losing his mind laughing, holding it in. And I just see Bill's shoulders turn and put his head down. So I know he's laughing and I'm going, I can't look at him. He better not look at me because if he looks at me, I'm going to lose it in front of this guy. And he doesn't. And then Bill kind of just looks at me and we both look away. And finally, the guy's wife pulled up in a car and goes, all right, I got to go. And he just left. And when he left, we were crying. Those are the animals. There were animals in Portland, Maine. But here's why I'm done with Portland and I don't like it. Had nothing to do with that fat mess. Because I could have said to her. I could have went at her. I should have just been like, what did you get? Number one or two? Which is it? Number one or two? And she would have been like, what are you talking about? I'd be like, diabetes, one or two. Which one did you get? Are you dying or can you manage this thing? Because you're a fucking house and you should be ashamed of yourself. Okay, and I feel sorry for those flip-flops. Okay, because the sponge in those things are dying every time you fucking lean forward, you fucking house. But I didn't care about her. What I cared about was we wanted to smoke a cigar not outside the hotel. And there's one place in Maine to do it. And it's a place, place called Calabash. And this place, I called him up and I was so excited. I called up from the theater. Like right before the show, I was just so excited that we we're going to go to an actual cigar bar. Sit down like gentlemen get a scotch, sit on a leather couch, smoke a cigar, watch the sports, and have a good time. And I call up and I'm like, oh, you guys you guys are open. You guys are a cigar bar. they like, yeah. I'm like, oh, great. What time you guys close? It's Saturday night. And I'm thinking one will be bad case scenario. Two is worst case. I mean, best case or whatever. Whatever I'm fucking trying to say. One would suck. Two would be what I expected. He goes, oh, we close at nine o'clock. And I said on stage, I go, when he said that to me, you know, my reaction was, okay, thank you, but in my head, I was like, I want to kill this guy's mother, I want to kill this guy, or a family member, how do you close a cigar bar at nine o'clock on Saturday, and then I wanted to get a drink, and, you know, Maine, the entire state goes dry at one o'clock, you can't get a beer, you can't get a beer anywhere, you can't go to a bar, nothing, one o'clock, so between just the fat, fat wrecks that you have to see, the uh, cigar bar situation, the alcohol situation, and just the animals that came out to the show. Although the shows were great, I would I would say you know Maine is uh, you know n- not for me, not so much, not not on the top ten for sure. But we did have a great time. Now on to Albany. Last night, holy shit! I'm 31 minutes in. I got a lot more show guys, so uh, you know. We got to I'm going to do I'm actually what I'm going to do on this show for the um, first time ever is I am going to uh, announce some of the people on Twitter unacceptables that came to me. So um, I will shout you out. And uh, if you hear your name, it was one that I liked or that I just saw on Twitter and I I wanted to talk about. And then I'm going to do my unacceptable for the oh, oh, my God, I totally just forgot a huge part of Portland. I'm sorry. Now this could be unacceptable for the week, but I have another one. Uh, I have another one. So this is this was unbelievable, and I can't believe I almost forgot to do this. When Portland was supposed to be the night I could, the day I could sleep in, I sleep. I was gonna get a late checkout. Bill was gonna meet up with Thomas Lewis. You guys know Thomas. Thomas had a great night last night. I'm gonna talk about that in uh, in Albany, but Thomas was um coming to do one of those tour videos with Bill Thomas is also a stand up and he's also shooting he's a producer, he's a stand up. <clears throat> he's also shooting the documentary that I'm doing. And uh so him and Bill had something scheduled in Albany. So Bill's plan was he's gonna leave Portland at like nine. I said, fuck that. I'll meet you in Port I mean, I'll meet you in Albany. I want a twelve o'clock checkout and I'll I'll meet you at like four or whatever. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep in. So I'm excited. I go to bed after the cigar, sober, no drinking, nothing. I'm going, this is going to be an unbelievable sleep right now. Probably even if I hit the sack at 3 o'clock in the morning, if I wake up at 11, that's, what am I, you know, 8, 9 hours I'm going to get, be refreshed, drive out to Albany, all refreshed, ready to go. I, I wake up at like 6 something in the morning, I get up, I take a leak, I'm all excited, I'm like, oh my God, I could lay down for another 4 or 5 hours, and this is going to be unbelievable, and I swear to God, at 9.30 in the morning, again, I know this podcast sounds like I'm making this shit up, with the whole drive to Vermont, and what I'm about to tell you now, and it gets, and then there's another one. Then there's another fucking obstacle. I mean, I'm taking ferries to fucking get to gigs on a, in a car. I'm telling you this happened this weekend. That's why I'm so tired. And I'm laying there, and at 9.30, this alarm goes off throughout the hotel. And it's just like, eh, eh, eh. I pop out of bed like a fucking lunatic. I mean, I popped out of bed like what it was like in my cousin Vinny when the horn went off and he was just like, what the fuck? It was like that, except the alarm was over my bed and I didn't know what it was. So like a lunatic, my head flies up. I'm looking around, I'm running around this hotel room like a fucking rooster In boxer briefs, like slapping light switches and looking for invisible buttons on the wall. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if people are being killed. I don't know what's going on. It's a miserable wake up. And I start doing this. And finally, after like running around looking for light switches, tapping things, okay. All of a sudden it stops. It's not there anymore. I'm like, what if this happens again? I was like looking at my phone. Is it it some fucking alarm? What just happened? And I called downstairs after it stopped for a few minutes, and I go, "Yeah, um, there was just some alarm." And she goes, "Yeah, that, I'm not even joking." Is what she said. She goes, "Yeah, that was the fire drill, but you're fine now. That was just a fire alarm, but you're fine now." And then I was like, and she just hung up. I'm like, "No, no, I'm not fine. I'm not fine. Far from fine. There's nothing fine about this." Okay. So I'm up, and I try to go back to sleep, but it was so fucking intrusive and rude and loud that I couldn't. So that's when I text Bill, and he was like, what are you doing up this early? And I was like, that fucking alarm. And then he I was like, you want to go to breakfast? And he was like, yeah. And and the funny thing is, he, it didn't even affect him. He was like, yeah, you know, this shit happens in a hotel. And I'm like, and he was just like, "Verza, you are the funniest person to look at in the morning. You hate, i never seen a guy who hates mornings more than you. And I do. I mean, I, I mean, I have a whole bit on it in my act. Like morning people bother me, but this alarm was was really unacceptable. This is not even unacceptable for the week, cause I got I got that's that's coming. So now we go to Albany. Okay. The beautiful thing about this weekend was I knew during this weekend when this was happening, I just kept going. Oh my God, the Versi effect is writing itself this week. Like the show is just. I mean, it's uh, everything. And and I mean, I got more. Drive to Albany, get there, get in the room, fall asleep for a little bit. We're doing this Palace Theater. My brother drives in. He comes. He meets me at the hotel. Thomas Lewis is going to do some time on the show. He comes in. I find out my couple of buddies that I went to high school with um, are, uh, you know, gonna couple of buddies of mine. That I went to high school with are coming. Uh, my buddy Brian Gelb came. My buddy Keith Siana came. Keith brought a buddy uh, with him that he works with. Uh, uh, awesome guy John DePaula came, and my older brother came. And the place is sold out. So they were like, "Listen, if you guys want people to come back into the, you know, if you if you guys want people to come back into the, um, you know, to the backstage, that's cool. They could come backstage. The thing is, there's really no tickets." You know, and I didn't know who was coming and stuff. And I obviously want to hook up anybody that wants, to, you know, that I'm cool with that wants to come to the show. So got them on a list. And they all, they were actually at the theater when I got there. So because they were on a list. So the dude was real cool. And by the way, shout out to Stanley who ran the show and put the thing together, taking care of my people. So there's not a seat in this place which holds almost 2,800 people. Okay. And, um, I'm sitting there and I'm going, where are these guys going to sit? So I go up to Stanley and and he was like, oh, we'll figure something out. I was like, yeah, no, no, this is what I said to him. I said, is there a place where my buddies can sit? And this whole theater is just like, you know, packed out. And he goes, yeah. He goes, hold on, let's figure it out. So I was like, yeah, maybe they could sit on the side. So they walk around the curtains and literally put four metal chairs off to the right of the stage on the stage in this gigantic theater. So it's kind of like when uh, that story that I told when I did the Atlanta room and Paul Rudd from the Anchorman 2 was like just staring like with his head through the curtains watching the show while you're performing to all these people. That's what my like, except they were just there. So it's my, 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 my brother Christian and then my buddies. Uh, Brian Keith and John are just sitting in four seats on the stage to the right but like obviously the people can't see him because of the c- curtain and what a show this was um, shout out to Thomas Lewis who uh, first time in a in a venue like that he went on first man and he did a great great job um, the crowd loved him I had such a great time myself with those people I was on for I think about 20 minutes and um, the, the the place was just on fire, you know. Everybody was was into it. They they you know they hung on to your words. They were into the jokes. Great time! Uh, I had such a great time. It was so cool, and it was so cool that like my boys were to the right, like my br- like my brothers face. They're just right there on the stage, and you can't see them. So it was like I'm standing there, and you could f- and and they were worried that like the performers were gonna feel weird. I thought it was cool. I was like, this is awesome. I got friends on the stage with me right now. While I'm performing in front of almost 3,000 people and they're just hanging out watching it. So cool. And then Burr comes on stage and I swear to God does 90 minutes of just absolute fucking gold. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And I'm not saying this because I was part of that show. That show from top to bottom, wire to wire was such an unbelievable comedy show, it was fucking awesome, and that crowd was great, so anybody from Albany who's listening to this, alright, please, uh, please, please get me on Twitter, thank you so much for, for, the, for the support, I, I appreciate it, I know, uh, obviously Bill does, Tom does, it was just a great, great time, it was a great show, it was great being there with my friends, and um, then we went to get some drinks at this place called the Old English Pub, Probably had the worst fucking burger in my life there, you know. You, you, you would have thought the you would have thought the order started back in the fucking old English by the time I got this burger. I could have broke a window with the top of the bun, and uh, you know it was. But we had a really great time out there, and um, yeah, man, shout out to my friend Brian Gelb, dude. Thanks for coming out, Keith Cyanis, Ski Boat. Oh, and um, yeah, Keith Siana and and shout out to to uh, Keith and John DePaula from um, DePaula Chevrolet. These guys all work at Chevrolet. DePaula Chevrolet in Albany, okay? Go in there and haggle with these fuckers, all right? Because they're bored during the day. They're listening to podcasts and shit. Go in there and blindside them. (laughs) No, man, great dudes. It's a great dealership. And, um, you know, if my buddy Keith is uh, the finance guy there, you're in good shape because he's the best. So, uh, and, and and shout out to to those guys. So I had such a good time. It was so cool seeing them. Albany was a blast being there with my brother, my friends. Good, good time. I drank pickle juice. I never, I never knew that that was a thing, but I had a shot of Jameson. I got to say that a little low, because if my wife is like, you had to drive and you had a shot of Jameson, I had a shot of Jameson, and then someone's like, yeah, you follow it with pickle juice. And I'm like, whatever, you know, when in Rome. And I did it, and it was... Oh, and by the way, I don't know this guy's name. I can't remember his name. I'm sure you're listening right now because you said you listened to the the Verzi effect. You recognize my voice. But the cop from Rochester. Such a cool dude. There was a dude from Rochester. Get me on Facebook or Twitter, please. And um, give me your name again because I'd love to shout you out. But... um this guy, this, this cool guy who's a cop from Rochester he and uh, him and his girl, they drove three and a half hours to see the show and they knew about the Verzi effect and they were really nice and into it. So, um, you know, thank you guys so much too. And, uh, please get at me. So thank you guys. That was the weekend. Oh no, here's, here's the, here's the last problem of the weekend. So I'm only like an hour and 20 minutes out to my mom's house. Okay. And I'm like, all right, so that's fine. I could hang here. Even if I left at 1 o'clock, I'll be, you know, I'll get to my mom's by like 2.30. And then my house is only not too far. So, you know, it'll be okay. I get back to my hotel, smoke a Cuban, of course. And then when it's time to go, I said to the, uh, I go, yeah, here's my valet. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. You can't get your car tonight. And I looked at him with this look of. You understand I'm about to jump over the counter if you're if you're if you're not kidding. And he goes, No, man, I'm sorry. He goes, Valet's done at eleven. He goes, Your car is locked in a garage. You can't get it till six AM. Now my wife had to be at a meeting for her job. I had to be up with my little girl. My son needed to be driven to daycare. All this shit needed to happen. I needed to get my tire fixed because of the rim and the tire situation with my car. All this shit needed to be done today. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And Tom Lewis stayed with me. My brother stayed with me. We're trying to figure this out. I call my wife, which was a mistake. I called her at like 1.30 in the morning. She's like, "Why the fuck you call me?" It was just like, I should have just like immediately, like you know, when your wife just starts getting mad and you just you just you just hang up. You realize why did I make such a crucial mistake? Why did I do that? And um, it was just ridiculous. I I, I was like, "You got to get me my car." Are you kidding me? When you when 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 I when I valeted here, nobody said to me, nobody said to me this. Nobody said, hey, your car's going to be fucking locked. What, are you kidding me? Give me my car. So he's like, I could call the manager. So I'm outside. I'm talking to to Stacy. I'm thinking about what to do. And they're like, no, he's talking to a manager. And finally, the manager gave the guy the okay to walk with me to the parking garage where my car was locked in, the rental I was in. Get it. Leave. I fly home. I give the rental back. I did a couple things. I switched, got my car, got down home, and that was it. And I've had a really long fucking day. So I'm going to go to bed after this podcast. But that was the weekend, everybody. That was Vermont, Portland, and Albany. And here I am. Sitting here, happy as hell that I'm not in a car somewhere in New England. We're 45 minutes in. I didn't even get to Unacceptables. So here we go. This is what we're going to do. Unacceptable for the week. Since so many people and so many people got to my came to my um, you know, Twitter with an Unacceptable for the week, I said, you know what? These guys have some good ones. So I'm going to talk about them, and then I'm going to do mine. We're going to definitely get into a little sports with the Sterling thing, with the Clippers, the racist comments that were on tape. We're going to talk about that. There is no movie segment this week, guys. I'm sorry. I've been so... With everything I just told you, if you expected me to see a movie, it's not happening. So um, we'll do we'll do the unacceptable. We'll do sports. We'll do plugs, and we will get out of here. Um, so let me make sure I got everything out of there. Yeah. So all right, good. All right. So here we go. Unacceptable for the week. I got a couple of I got a couple of people. So here we go. I'm going to shout them out, and these are good ones. These are good ones. What is this? Okay. So the first dude, unacceptable for the week. This one is from Jeremy. Revard. I hope I got that right. And the Twitter feed, his Twitter feed is at uh, Jer Revard. That's J-E-R-E Rivard. And he had one where he said, having a communal toaster at work and somebody took his bagel, unacceptable. Um, it's unacceptable if the dude knew it was your bagel, but actually, you know what? No, you're right. It's unacceptable the whole way because you don't just go to a communal toaster and just take a bagel out. Like, it's not like, it's not communal food. It may be a communal toaster, but you're not just going to take somebody's fucking, you know, you're not, if I wouldn't walk, if I worked somewhere and it was a communal toaster and I saw two pieces of bread, I wouldn't take it and start putting jam on them. So that's completely unacceptable. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. I, I would be pissed off at that one too. Next one is from Hockey Band Names. I guess it's at Hockey Band Names. And he actually sent me a picture of this. He said, I'm sitting next to a kid at a bar. And he sent me the picture and it was literally a kid, a little kid sitting at a bar. Uh, That's unacceptable. Because even if the kid's just eating a burger with his dad, just having him know what it feels like to be on a stool like that, where all these animals who are probably you know divorced and doing shots and st- just to just to have them be around that to get that feel is not good because I know when my dad took me to places um, and then later in my life it felt more comfortable the last thing I would want would that to be a bar stool so that's unacceptable that's another good one um, here we go what was my, oh yeah my favorite one is the last one the next one is from um, David Gavry. I'm sorry, dude, if I'm messing up your name. I'm sorry. Next one's from David. He, David and his his Twitter feed is at Dave G Money. And he said the vending machine took his dollar and then said out of order. Now, that would drive me nuts. That's a great unacceptable. That's a great unacceptable because if there's nobody around, you don't even have anybody you can complain to about it. You're just You're just like, you just got to take it and you just got to not get your food or candy or drink and lose the money and just have to sit there, and that'll get you nuts. That will definitely get you nuts. So that's a great one. So thank you for that one. Um, Okay, now the next dude, I put two of his on here because he's got two great ones. And then after I do these, I will get into mine. So this dude is uh, Dan, and his, his Twitter feed is at... Uh, D Naylor so it's at D-N-A-Y L-O-R underscore designs so at D Naylor underscore designs and he had two his first one was somebody's feet dirty feet hanging out the window of a car driving by that is so white trashy and unacceptable I love it it is because it's almost like first of all it's dangerous. You got your big fucking bear claw sitting outside of, a, of a, you know, just dirty feet that people got to see your dirty feet when they're driving. It's distracting, and if a truck hits you, you're going to lose your foot, and it's just stupid. So that's definitely a good unacceptable. I like it. But his second one is takes the cake, and this one wins the award for for as far as my, my supporters, my fans, people going to my Twitter, giving it, Dan, you win the award. He put unacceptable for the week he can hear somebody clipping their nails at work. Now that is unacceptable. Like just hearing knowing that somebody's doing that while you're at your job and hearing that because it's unacceptable on many levels. Okay? Like like for one it you hearing the noise and just knowing that like a piece of that person's nail could be flying over in the office you work in, which is gross. You know, number two, it's just distracting and nobody else is doing it. It's just, it's like, it's, 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 it's almost like, are you doing it for attention? Why would you do that? Why would you be like, think about that. That's an attention seeking fucking unacceptable action of somebody who's at work to go to the job and go, you know what? Instead of taking five minutes in my bathroom where I'm brushing my teeth and getting ready to go to work, I'm gonna clip my fucking nails in my cubicle so my coworkers can hear it. That's ridiculous. That's unacceptable. So that was a great one. So thank you to uh, to uh, Jeremy Rivard, hockey band names, uh, David Gavry, and um, and Dan. Thank you, guys. I'm going to keep doing this. If you guys go to my Twitter and you guys keep throwing out unacceptables, I would love to talk to talk about them and put them out there because apparently that's uh, a lot of people's favorite part of the show. Um, and and I, I love talking about shit like that because there are things that are unacceptable. Now, I could have had a couple of unacceptables. The fire alarm, the the, the fat lady saying something about my hat when she didn't know me and she clearly didn't have the appearance to do it. Uh, there, there was a few things, you know... Um, unacceptable could have been me deciding to stay late and then drive, but the unacceptable that takes the cake this week, hands down, I said I was going to do it in the moment, and here it is, is these fucking towns with gas stations closed off of major highways, okay, just because your town is a shithole that nobody wants to go to, at least give the people the proper fucking outlet to get out of your shithole town, okay, okay, unacceptable. I am driving in the middle of the night. You shit kicking assholes in Vermont can't fucking light up a thing. I got to drive 15 miles to the left, 18 miles to the right in your shitty town that nobody wants to be in. And I can't get a fucking slim gym and, and, and some unleaded fuel. Are you kidding me? That is unacceptable. I would have been stuck in who does that? Who does All these people complain about local politicians and all these people complain about fucking paying taxes and shit and nobody in these towns give a shit that that you can't go out to a a little food mart and get some gas in the middle of the night. It's unacceptable. You live in a shitty area. Do you understand that? You live in a shithole. Okay. Nobody wants to be there. Maybe that's why you close it down. Do you close it down because you got fucking you want a more more population than the twelve assholes that live in the shack behind the fucking closed gas station? I swear to God, there's nothing more enraging and there's nothing more fucking unacceptable than being on a highway at two o'clock in the morning when you're trying to get home to your family and you see a sign that says gas. Okay, it's basically lying to you. They're lying to you. Yeah, come down here. Come down. Yeah, here's gas. Yeah, right here. Here's the arrow. Get off. Yeah, get off while you're merging at 50-something miles an hour and fucking have to, you know, because you need gas that bad. Yeah, merge, do that. Sure, drive. Dr- yeah. Drive down our nice block. We'll give you gas, and then it's fucking closed. It's unacceptable. Not to mention that the closest gas station to the exit is miles and miles away. Every fucking town should have a fucking bill, a law passed that says gas stations at every fucking town off of every every exit. Period. Period. Okay? This isn't the Wild West where you got to get on a horse and try to fucking run there and, you know, come back with a bucket of water or whatever, or people are going to die. Okay, it's 2014. Okay, I don't care if it's Vermont or wherever the fuck it is. Get gas everywhere. You know, and then, oh, next gas station, 11 miles. And then you go 11 miles and you got to drive five. It should say... This it, is what it should say. Yeah, I hope you got 20 miles left in your tank because if you don't, you're fucked and you're probably going to get stopped. And it's not 11 miles. It's 11 miles to the sign and then it's fucking this way and that way all these miles. It should say, if you don't have 20 miles left to gas, you're not going to make it. That's what it should say. Instead of giving people false hope... I swear to God, I've never been more upset and I've never been more... Fu- it's ne- There's never been an unacceptable that has literally almost affected my life the way it did and been more ridiculous. Because that's what it is. It's ridiculous. And think about that. For them to say, it, it really is lying. The sign lies. When it says gas 11 miles or like this next thing is gas, and it, it, it doesn't tell you. Yes, when you get off the exit there will be gas, but you have to fucking go hunting to get it. Unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Whatever town that it was in, I don't know. All I know it was the it was it was the the probably a town an hour an hour south of Burlington, Vermont, wherever I was. Fuck you people. Okay? You people suck. Your town sucks. I hope you're listening and I hope I lose you as a fan. I don't want you to be my fan. If you live in that town and you're okay with the gas stations, I don't want you to follow me on Twitter. I don't want you to be a fan of mine. I don't want you to support my comedy because you suck too. You're part of the problem. Okay, you should be de- knocking down people's doors. Going, why? Why we? We don't even have anybody. You can't even. You should have saw this place. I would have sat in my car if I would have conked out. a guess I would have sat in my car and fucking cried. Because I was like, I can't knock on someone's door right now. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I got to sit here until fucking 5 o'clock in the morning until Buford decides to open up the shop. Ridiculous. Unacceptable. And everybody listening to this knows if you've ever been that person who's got off the exit And said, okay, there's going to be gas. And then you just go miles and miles and miles either way. And then it's not there. Everybody who's been there knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, people can say, well, Paul, shame on you. You know, you should have got gas when you had a quarter of a tank. Maybe that's true. It It still does not make it cool for the towns to be like that. And then you ever ask some of these local assholes, oh, you need to get, well... All right, you're going to have to go. I mean, you're going to have to go. And I want to be like, I just when they say that, I just want to stop them and go, hey, why do you live here, man? Why do you live here? You you like when you and your family are living in the sticks and you, you need to fucking, you know, you got to go mountain climbing to get to a gas station? That's okay with you? Like, wh- how, how can you even tell me calmly? Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. 100% unacceptable I love towns that have the big shell stations off the side because you know what that means that means that the economy there is good that means that there's a dunkin donuts there that means that things are open that means that people are getting things they want they're buying snacks and and businesses are going good not these little shitholes I was in a shithole like that when we were up in Canada we went. I went into this little convenience store. There was nothing to eat over there. They go, "Oh, there's pizza over there," and it was just this little fucking shitty case in a, in a in a deli that looked like it was 1987. And then what? And then you know what the people? No, it's quaint. It's kind of charming. It's got the one little old school gas station. You know, it closes at nine, so everybody needs to get their gas. No, that's it's 2014. It's not quaint. It's it's you know what it is. It's a very very big inconvenience, is what it is it's a huge inconvenience, it's not quaint, okay, just because the people in your town are fucking broken, nobody's got anything going on there, doesn't make it charming and cool, it makes it really shitty, and like nothing is going on there, and a place where nobody wants to be, okay, you know what's cool, Vegas with lights, and a lot of things, and gas, and food, and burgers, any time of the day, and gambling, and drinking, and that's fun, that's fun to me, that's charming, that's nice, okay, A little shitty town off of Vermont or Buffalo or wherever these little fucking towns are, it's not quaint when they have, like, one fucking old man pumping, you know, a 1940-something gas thing and everybody thinks it's cool when the kids get a piece of bubble gum and go home. Yeah, that's cool, like, once, like, ever, and then that's it. It's not quaint. It's not charming. It's fucking unacceptable, okay? I want to get a fucking burger and a couple gallons of gas. Can I do that at any time of the night, please, in 2014? Can I do that? Fucking shitholes. I swear to God. And and turn the pumps off, too. That's another thing that's deceiving. Your hopes go up. You're like, okay, the place is dark. And it's just a gamble. You gotta put your card in. What, are what, you at a fucking slot machine? Alright, I'm done ranting it, because I'm, I'm genuinely mad. Unacceptable for the week. Towns with no gas stations... Or, or gas stations that you have to drive far to that are closed just in general you know you know what the really unacceptable thing is like the gas station that they say gas they advertise gas and then it's eight miles this way or that way that that right there it, it might as well say there's no gas here but if you go eight miles down to that town you can but we're glad you stopped through our town Ugh. and it almost ruined it almost ruined a lot of things And here's the thing, I was responsible enough to get off with enough miles to get gas, I just didn't know, you know, that I had to fucking be in some kind of like driving marathon to get it, because if I would have got it when I first got off, it would have been fine but thank god i thank god i was in a toyota suv and thank god that thing when the light comes on i think i could tell you got about 60 miles or 50 miles because that thing saved me cuz the pin was under e under e I I truly believe in my heart, if I had to guess right now, a gun to my head. If somebody said, how many more miles do you think you really had before you conked out? If somebody had a gun to my head and my life depended on it, I would definitely say I had under 10 miles. I I would say I probably had about five miles left before that that SUV was going to be pulled over the side of the road at 2.30 in the morning in a pouring rainstorm in, in pitch black outside of Vermont. I really believe that. So... Burlington is cool, but the outskirts of Burlington, fuck you. And some of you fat people in Maine, fuck you too. Albany, you guys won me over. You know? Not Troy. Because Troy's Troy's fucked up. But they do have Dinosaur Barbecue over there. So I could live with it. And they have some nice historic stuff. Alright, that's unacceptable for the week, everybody. Hopefully the next one won't get me as angry because that one genuinely got me angry and upset. And I hope my rant wasn't too repetitive. Moving on to sports. Oh, we're an hour in. This is going to be a long one, everybody. Well, maybe not. We're we're over an hour, but we're only really going to do some plugs. We're going to talk a little sports here, NBA playoffs. Um... Don Sterling, the the owner of the Clippers, let's get into this. I heard the tape today. Um, I'm going to be honest. I thought it was going to be a little worse than it was. I thought that there was going to be a lot of, you know, N-words. I thought that there was going to be definitely, you know, I'm paying this N-word, this, he needs, I thought it was going to be that. What really was creepy about it was, and he was definitely set up. Like, that was a setup. Like, the audio was way too good. Like, whoever he was with, like, they set that up to do that but still doesn't mean the dude's not a bigot or a racist and what was really weird and kind of creepy to me was that was like old school racism where they were talking about like skin tone like no no he's not that bad he's kind of light like me and like he was like okay with like the lighter skin people like that was really kind of like old school creepy racism like it was like really man you know, I tweeted today, I said $1.9 billion can't cure ignorance. And it's just a shame that, you know. And look, I'll be the first to say, I'll be the first to admit it. You know, when I was younger, trying to get a laugh with friends, I would say things, you know, I would drop the N word as a joke, never malicious. But like, you know, you'd hear a joke and then you'd say it and if the N-word was in it, you'd say it and your friends would all laugh, not knowing the pain or, or what it was really doing or if anybody heard it. You know, I never said it to any because, I, you know, I have a lot of black friends and stuff and I'm talking about, you know, and I was like, you know. 16 to 18 years, you'd say things, and then when I was actually able to, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, you're actually able to realize, like, wait a minute, do you not like people, or are you just saying it to be, and it would just be like, no, you're saying something as a joke and to get a laugh. And I guess maybe that's why I'm a comedian today, because, you know, you, you know, you want to be funny and, and you'd say things, but it, it, it's like when you can actually grow up and see things and travel, and I'm sure Donald Sterling has traveled, um, A lot more than I have. And seen a lot of things. And if you can't... Really get past that... and and I mean... First of all... This is your... Like... The whole thing of like... the, the, The skin tone... Like that really means... That this dude is like... Got some real race issues. You know? And look... I mean he's a... I have family members that are racist. You know? I mean it's just, look, I think your upbringing, I think your parents, I think, you know, sometimes people just can't get out of certain things, and they think a certain way, and they're just completely ignorant to, ignorant, it's ignorance, they they don't know better, you know, me, fortunately, I never had hatred in my heart for any group, really, you know, you know, I never really did. For me it was just saying something to say it and when I realized it was hurtful and what I was doing I realized how stupid it was. But I never disliked a group you know for any reason because of what they are. And when you see somebody really like that it's weird. Like that's like Ku Klux Klan like level of fucking being racist when you're just like The dark ones are the real bad ones, man. You know, like that's just crazy. Like, you know, light skin, you know, he's still an N word, but he's lighter. So, you know, I don't hate him as much. Like, that's evil fucking. And the thing about what this guy's doing is this guy, his employees. I mean, the NBA, can you pick a worse profession to own a franchise? Like, you're owning a franchise. Can you pick a worse profession? To be in, if you're like racist and you don't like to be around black people, I mean, what does he just jerk off to JJ Reddick's fucking picture in the in the in the in the team program? I mean, what the what is going on? He's just fantasizing. He's just got the white the one white guy on the team's poster all over his house. When people come over, yeah, I own the team. You know him, right? Yeah, he plays. He plays two and a half minutes a month. Yeah, yeah, nice guy, though. I know his family. Yeah, It's just ridiculous, man. I I don't know. And, I mean, you know, you're not going to boycott. Like, there are all these people. Maybe we'll boycott and sit out. That's stupid. Why? Why? It's your team. You guys have been traveling on buses and airplanes all year to get to the playoffs to try to win something. And because the old man who owns the team is that you're just going to not like say fuck him you know and that's what they did Like you know they didn't wear the Clippers name and you know but it has nothing to do with him I mean play for your coach and team and come out and publicly say that's what I would do if I was on a team and I had the team meeting like Chris Paul and them had the team meeting what I would say was I would just sit there and go alright look here's the deal Um, we won we're happy we won we want to make it very clear that we won for coach and we won for the players um, we did not win for the owner we're not thinking of the owner, and the only thing that bothers us about the win is the owner. Uh, and say that. What's the owner going to do? The owner's in hot water. The owner's not going to say nothing. You don't have to ever like that owner again. You know, that owner owes you a lot, you know, apologies and stuff. And, and and you know, and since the media is going to kill this guy, like, you could get away with that. But that's what I would do. I would just win How great would it be if now they won a championship and just publicly humiliated that racist and said, fuck you, this is for us. We did did this without you. You actually hurt our chances to do this, and we did it without you. But the idea that, like, we all sit and don't play, like, that's that's not fair. That's just stupid, I think. That's not fair to people that really want to win. Like, what if, like, you know? And LeBron said something, and I don't mind LeBron, but LeBron said something I disagree with. He's like, I may think about sitting down and winning, and it's like, and then he also said, well, I'm on the other side of the fence because, you know, guys want to win a championship, and I'm thinking, LeBron, if this happened with the Heat. You really think you're going to sit down and not try to get your third, your three-peat that Jordan got and some of the all-time greats have gotten you're really not going to do that? Fuck you, you liar. You're going to play, and you're going to say, fuck that bigot up in the office. He's a racist. I don't care about him, but I'm going to get my third ring. You know you would, and that's what you should do. You don't boycott it. You just say, yeah, the guy who owns this team is an asshole, and it stinks that we're playing for this guy, but I'm doing this for my teammates. You just say that. Literally say that, and I think you'll be fine. But I am interested to see what they do because you have a brand new commissioner and the commissioner, this is his first real big thing on his plate and he's got to make a little splash with it. So tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing that. Um, And, um, you know, as far as the playoffs go, Playoffs. As far as the playoffs go, uh, I can't believe. What, I mean, again, the Pacers, they lost tonight. They were losing by 30. I think they ended up coming back but still losing by like 8 or 9. And they're down 3-2 to the Atlanta Hawks. You guys understand that this was the best team in the NBA? After 50 games, they were the best team in the NBA. They're the first seed. And they just, it's, it's over. So, you know. But the Knicks aren't in it, so I can't really. I just root for the Heat to lose and uh, enjoy watching it. But, you know, the Yankee um, tar thing on the neck was just too funny to even discuss. I mean, this guy comes out on the mound. It looks like somebody just took a red paintbrush and threw it on his neck. I mean, that's just the funniest thing. Just the expression he had when he got thrown out. He was like, ah, fuck, all right, you got me, and just walked off. was just so funny. But, you know, um, now that I'm home and I want to say I've had such an amazing, amazing couple months here just, you know, traveling in this country, out of the country, on the West Coast, all these great cities and doing what I love to do everywhere has been amazing. But the fact that I am local for a month right now and I am able to kind of calm down with some some things and, and really concentrate and concentrate on getting my you know i'm gonna have a little surgery on my stomach here in uh in a week and uh rest up with that nothing big but you know gotta get that done and just kind of be able to recharge the battery and stay at home with my kids and my family and that's what it's about man and i'm really um happy happy that um just happy for everything grateful and thankful to to have done all that stuff, and but now I'm able to, you know, my little girl's birthday party is going to be this Saturday. She's going to be two on Wednesday. And just to be here for that and be here with my kids and, and my wife and just in my home, um, I'm really happy to, to recharge the battery. I, I want to sleep until fucking Thursday right now. I actually thought about this. I know my wife would never allow it, but I thought about if my wife and I discussed it and I hired somebody. To just literally do everything. Pick the kids up. Like just basically a nanny. But like this nanny. Like just for. I need like 48 hours. I'll pay you triple what babysitters get. Like whatever I have to. Whatever the normal rate is. I'd pay you triple. And all I want you to do. Is let me lock myself in a bedroom. For like 48. To like 60 hours. and, And just nothing. But dark, just sleep and pillows and a bed in the dark for like two and a half days and just have somebody do everything, dinners, lunches, picking the kids up, doing this and that, just, just doing that. And, uh, I would think I would be back if I could do that, but something tells me that's going to be a hard sell to my wife. (laughs) I don't think, uh, Stacey, I got to talk to you about this investment. I want to what? What is it? I I, I want to pay to sleep for two days. She'd be like, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." Okay, welcome to the real world. You have kids and you're busy. Get get used to it. That's what it is. Car situation. I got my top. I got my rim. Oh, so I'll I'll close with this. Yes, and um, it was one of the smartest things that I did. My brother told me about it. The factory told me at Nissan for me because the rim was cracked. So the rim was I couldn't save the rim. The tire was done. So the rim, the factory Nissan Maxima rim, which is the factory rim for the 2012, 13, and 14. The the stock factory one from Nissan cost 780 something dollars. And the tire was another two hundred and something. So they were telling me before taxes was $1,100. eBay, guys. My brother told me to go to eBay. I went to eBay Motors. I got the same exact factory rim for $250 called Mavis Discount Tire. Got the exact tire that the other three of my tires are for $159. And instead of spending almost 1300 after taxes, I spent $500, new wheel, new rim, done already on the car. That's it. I've decided to keep the Maxima for a little while, let the miles go a little over, but it's not going to be nearly as much as it is to get out of the lease. And then I will decide what I want to get. And my buddies who came out to Albany over there at DePaul's Chevrolet, if you're listening to this, what the fuck, man? Let's do this. Chevy Impala, whatever, you want to give me a Malibu, here's what I want, 150, nothing down, zero, fine, I mean, I want the world, those, it's funny, those dealership guys, they get that a lot, they, they get that a lot, like, you know, guys just coming in and going, like, hey, listen, I got a 500 credit score, and I got, like, you know, I got 79 bucks a month to spend with nothing down, can you, I mean, can you get me into the mid-size? (laughs) Can you guys listen? I know, I know it's tough, but come on. I mean, you guys know people, right? Yeah, come on. I mean, listen. Get me into the Tahoe for like I don't know, fifty nine bucks a month. You know, maybe maybe on a good month I'll pay like a couple. You know, um. But uh, no, I, I I was actually I saw the Chevy Malibu today. You know, I don't know. I got to figure it out. But I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna ride this thing out and just get something, just get something reliable. Uh, that's it. Now, once I start talking about cars again, because I didn't get it, you know that that's when the show's over and I'm getting tired. But I want to think and and really do go. To, if you are in the Albany, the uh, Albany area, go to DePaula Chevrolet if you want a car. And uh, don't tell them I sent you because they don't like me over there. But now those guys are great. Uh, John Keith, go see those guys. And um, thank you to everybody. Okay, uh, plugs. Here are the plugs for the week. Um, I will be at The Stand this Friday night, 8 and 10 o'clock, The Stand in New York City, 20th Street and 3rd Avenue. You could check me out there. One of the best venues, one of the top new clubs in the country, one of the best clubs, if not the best new comedy club in New York City. Uh, so if you're around Friday and you want to see an amazing show, an amazing lineup come out, it's always a good time. I will be hosting the 8 and the 10 o'clock Saturday. I am off because it is my little girl's birthday party and I will not miss that because daddy is home. So uh, that's it. Other dates will be on um on the website by the way we are selling a lot of tickets already in Cleveland because the all-in tour with myself Joe Bartnick and Jason Lawhead is going to be in Cleveland um, the weekend of the 29th I think it's the 28th through the 30th maybe I know that week we're there Wednesday through Saturday tickets are already being sold so you could get that we're also going to be in Boston in July a bunch of dates are coming on there so you could check it out on my website uh, paulverzi.com V-I-R-Z-I also get me on Twitter, at Paul Versey, that's um, at Paul Verzi on Twitter, and um, that's it, guys, thank you guys so much, everybody to come out to the shows, uh, my brother, my friends, I hope you guys really enjoyed it, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed everything, thanks to Bill Burr for an amazing weekend, Vermont, Maine, Albany, um, and everything you know, um, that little town in Vermont, fuck you for not having gasoline for me when I really needed you. Um, I'll always take that from you people, you people living in darkness in 2014. But other than that, also keep the unacceptables coming guys. If you get, uh, if, if I get a couple of good unacceptables on Twitter, I'll shout you guys out and do it again. And, um, you know, that's it. You guys are awesome. You guys are the shit. Versi Effect podcast listeners. There's nobody cooler. Thank you. Um, also, that cop man, get me your, your from Rochester. Send something over, man, to to let me know your name, cause I uh, I'd love to shout you out. You and your girl, you drove a long way. Really appreciate it, and uh, hope you thought it was worth it. Um, that's it, everybody. Until episode 158, I'm out of here. I will give you 158. Uh, a we- oh, actually, here's the thing. I'm having surgery on um, on Monday. I'm having hernia surgery on monday and um it is gonna be in the afternoon so what i'm gonna try to do is i am going to try to put it out on sunday night and if i can't put it out on sunday night it will be on tuesday or wednesday But what I'm going to do is try to get it on time for you guys and try to get it out a little early on on Sunday before so I can recover while you guys are listening to it. That's what my goal is to try to do to get it out on Sunday night. All right. Until episode 158, you guys are the shit. I hope you enjoyed it. This is a Effect podcast. Uh, Episode 157 is over. I'm out of here. I will talk to you guys soon.